0: Welcome to The Conversation at AirSafe.com. I'm your host, Todd Curtis. On October 31st, 2014, Spaceship Two, a vehicle designed by Skilled Composites for use in commercial suborbital spaceflights, crashed during a test flight north of Mojave, California. One of the two crew members on board was killed. The NTSB launched a major investigation into the accident later that day, and on November 1st conducted two media briefings about the accident. What follows is my summary of those two briefings, as well as the full content of each briefing. While the NTSB had previously participated in the accident investigations involving Space Shuttle's Challenger and Columbia, this is the first time they had taken the lead in the investigation of a crewed space launch vehicle. The NTSB team consists of about 13 to 15 investigators, including specialists in areas such as structures, systems, engines, vehicle performance, and operations. The parties in the investigation are the FAA, Skilled Composites, and Virgin Galactic. The vehicle was flying in a southwesterly direction, and the wreckage field was about five miles long, oriented from the northeast to the southwest. The wreckage pattern indicated that an in-flight breakup occurred, but the NTSB has not yet determined why this happened. The left and right tail booms were near the beginning of the wreckage trail, followed by the fuselage, fuel and oxidizer tanks, the cockpit, and the rocket engine. There were a total of three tanks in the vehicle, a fuel tank, an oxidizer tank, and a methane tank. The NTSB was unaware of the altitude of the mishap. There's extensive video data available from the flight, including six cameras on Spaceship Two, another three on the launch aircraft White Knight Two, one on a chase aircraft, and another on the Edwards Air Force Base Test Range. The NTSB doesn't know if the six cameras on board Spaceship Two have been recovered. In addition, there were six data sources on Spaceship Two, and about a thousand other parameters of telemetry available from the flight. There was also a radar in the chase aircraft. Interviews have been conducted, but the NTSB will not reveal what has been discovered until later in the investigation. The surviving pilot has not yet been interviewed by the NTSB. The NTSB also doesn't know how the surviving pilot exited the vehicle. The on-scene portion of the investigation will continue for another four to seven days, and the full investigation will take about a year. Scaled composites can continue operations during the investigation. The first briefing took place at 9 a.m. local time on November 1st.
1: Good morning. Thank you for coming. I'm Christopher Hart, the Acting Chairman of the National Transportation Safety Board. The National Transportation Safety Board is the federal agency that investigates transportation accidents in all modes. and That's what we're here for today is to investigate the loss of the reusable launch vehicle, launch vehicle and the fatality and injury that occurred as a result of that. I would like to start by extending my condolences to the loved ones, to, to those who lost the loved one, the pilot, and to make best wishes for a speedy recovery for the other crew member. I would also like to thank Sheriff Donnie Youngblood for protecting the site through the night, missing Halloween with their children, protecting the site. That was an amazing accomplishment because I understand I have not been there yet. I understand it's a large area and and he has protected it. So thank you, Sheriff Youngblood, for doing that. Our team from the NTSB just arrived this morning, so we will begin the investigation today. As we speak, there is an organizational meeting led by the investigator in charge whose name is Lorenda Ward and at the she has extensive experience in accident investigation and she will be she's accompanied by specialists in a variety of areas structures systems engines vehicle performance operations and they will form groups at this organizational meeting that is happening as we speak to address each of these issues So that organizational meeting is going on as we speak, and then after that is over, they will begin the activities. The data people will go to the data source and check the data. Some will go to the site. Some will begin investigating witnesses, all of the steps that we need to do to begin the on-site portion of the investigation. I intend to have a press conference later today after the people have started the investigative process to reveal what we have learned thus far. And I will intend to do that regularly to to keep everyone apprised of the information that we have gleaned in our investigative process. So please check the website, ntsb.gov, and our Twitter feed, at NTSB, to find out exactly when and where that first press conference today will occur. So having just arrived this morning, we don't have any substantive information yet. But if you have any process questions, I'd be happy to take them again. THANK YOU FOR COMING TO COVER THIS EVENT. HOW DIFFERENT IS THIS INVESTIGATION FROM THE TYPICAL INVESTIGATION THAT NTSB DOES? THE QUESTION IS HOW DIFFERENT IS THIS INVESTIGATION FROM THE TYPICAL INVESTIGATION THAT THE NTSB DOES? THIS HAS MANY SIMILARITIES AND SOME DIFFERENCES. IT HAS SOME OF BOTH FOR US. WHAT ARE SOME OF THE DIFFERENCES? SOME OF THE DIFFERENCES IS THAT THIS WAS A SPACE LAUNCH VEHICLE AND THIS WOULD BE THE WE PARTICIPATED IN THE LAUNCHES OF THE CHALLENGER AND THE COLUMBIA. But we, this, is, this will be the first time we have been in, in the lead of a space launch that involved persons on board. Is there a black box in this vehicle? The question is, is there a black box in this vehicle? I'm not sure the answer to that yet. I, I, we'll find that out probably today. Any further what questions? altitude of uh, the mishap occurred? The question was the altitude of the mishap. I don't know that kind of information yet. We will find that out very quickly because this was a... this. Test, this was a test flight and test flights are typically very well documented in terms of data and we may get some video feed we, we may have lots of evidence that will help us with the investigative process and we, we appreciate that that will make our job simpler and make us able to find out not only what happened but also more importantly why it happened so we can make recommendations to try to prevent it. From happening again. Do you know if you have any telemetry from the ground? Um, have they mentioned they had a control center or something of that sort that could be helpful to you? The question is do we have any telemetry and we will find that out today. Do not know the answer to that yet. How One more question How and then we need to move on. How big is your team? How big is our team? I believe we have somewhere between 13 and 15 investigators. Is that a standard size for it? this. And the question is, is that a standard size? The size depends on the complexity of the mission. And because this has some new aspects for us, we wanted to make sure we covered all of the bases. Thank you very much for coming. We will have our press conference this afternoon. Thank you.
0: The second briefing of the day took place at 8 PM local time on November 1st.
1: Good evening. You'll be briefed by NTSB acting chairman Christopher A. Hart, H-A-R-T. Good evening and thank you for coming. Today is the first day of our investigation. We arrived in town about 6.30 this morning and began with our organizational meeting at 8.30 this morning. The purpose of the organizational meeting was to designate who would be parties to this investigation, and the parties are the Federal Aviation Administration, Scaled Composites, and Virgin Galactic. Let me start by saying that the cooperation by these parties has been very good. It's worked very well so that we can collaboratively do what we're here to do, which is to find out what went wrong and to prevent it from happening again. Let me also, again, extend our condolences for the loss of a loved one and for the injuries suffered by the surviving pilot. So the groups that we formed were... vehicles to document the wreckage, systems, engine, vehicle performance, data, and operations. So let me briefly describe what each of the groups did. They began investigating today, so today was their first full day of investigation, starting with the vehicle group. The wreckage is located on a large area oriented northeast to southwest about five miles from end to end. And when the wreckage is dispersed like that, that indicates the likelihood of in-flight breakup. So the documentation of the wreckage is important in order to determine by finding where the pieces are in order to determine when and how the breakup occurred. And helping with that documentation was the Federal Bureau of Investigation from Los Angeles and from Sacramento. So thanks to the FBI for helping with that with documenting that wreckage. Again to help us with the investigation. Our cooperation has been has been excellent. Let me also as I indicated earlier today thank the Kern County Sheriff Donnie Youngblood for all that they have done as first responders to first of all be first responders by Rescuing the, the downed but surviving pilot, and hence from that point on, by protecting the site and by ushering us to help us, ushering us around to help us do our investigation, the systems and data groups work together, and they have extensive data to work from to help us investigate this accident. Because it was a test flight, it was heavily documented in ways that we don't usually see with normal accidents. We know of six cameras on the vehicle itself, six non-volatile sources of information on the vehicle itself, three cameras on the mothership, the White Knight, telemetry with over a thousand parameters that gives us extensive information. There was a range camera at Edwards Air Force Base that we'll be using that had visual contact with the aircraft. There was the Chase aircraft that had video, images, and radar. So there were quite a few sources that we have that aren't normally available to us on accident investigations that we're going to be able to use to determine what caused this accident. In the operations arena, we conducted, we began conducting interviews. I'm not going to go over what we have discerned on the interviews yet because we don't like to reveal what we have found on interviews for fear that it might affect what subsequent interviews bring forth. The engine group found the tanks of the engines, the fuel tanks and the, and the oxidizer tanks. And let me go back to the arrangement of the northeast to southwest arrangement of the, of the, of the uh, debris. On, on the far northeast was the left and right tail booms next to that the next item along that line was the was a fuselage along with the oxidizer tank and the fuel tank next was pieces of the cockpit and then finally was the engine itself the rocket engine itself so the engine group has looked at the fuselage with the tanks with the fuel and oxidizer tanks and also methane tanks has not yet looked at the engine itself we have begun removing Parts from the debris field again thanks to the FBI helping us document so that we can remove the parts and that enables two things one is reduced protection from the Kern County Sheriff Department which is dedicating extensive resources to protecting all of these sites that are far removed from each other and number two is it enables a return to normal in general for example we know that a railroad has not been able to move through and we have cleared the debris from the tracks, so that so that that can happen again so we will continue the investigation tomorrow and I will do another press conference tomorrow evening. And again because this is the first day I don't have a lot of information to tell but that's what we have so far uh, and at this point I'd be happy to take any questions that you might have. have you interviewed the surviving pilot. The question is have we interviewed the surviving pilot? We have not because the surviving pilot is not medically it's it's not, the doctors do not recommend that we do an interview at this stage. We are so we are in contact with the surviving pilot's wife, and we don't want to interview that pilot before the pilot is ready. Any any further questions? Yes, please. the pattern. Does it go from northeast to southwest? The pa- the question is, the, describe the pattern. that The aircraft was flying in a southwesterly direction, and the debris pattern starts northeast. Again, with the left right, tail booms. The tail booms are the booms that extend behind the airplane, behind the wing, that hold the horizontal stabilizer. And, we, and they, we found them in disparate places. They weren't in the same place. And then found the fuselage itself, the main fuselage, and then the cockpit. And then and the farthest southwest position was the engine, was the rocket engine. How far yes, please.
0: How far are the pieces from one another? How big is are the area?
1: How far are the pieces from one another is the question. The total distance from far, Northeast to far southwest is about five miles. And that means between the disparate sites that complicate our task as investigators because we have to go to those sites plus the extensive amount of of data, that's, that's why we have our work cut out for us because, and I'm not complaining, that's actually a good thing that we have that much data because it's going to help us, again, do what we're here to do, which is to find out what went wrong and figure out what to do, make recommendations to prevent it from happening again. Yes, please. Um, have you been able to determine yet what broke the spaceship apart? Was there an explosion? The question is, have we been able to determine what broke the spaceship apart? No, we have not. As I say, when the field, the debris field spans that large an area, then we know there was an in-flight separation. If it had crashed together, then all the pieces would be close to each other. But that spread of the data of the debris field tells us that it was an in-flight separation. And of course, the question then is, why did that happen? So that's what we are exploring. That's what our investigators are examining. Yes, please. Are there any
0: early observations or findings that you've made that could affect the short-term future of this space program?
1: The question is, are there any findings that we've made that could affect the short-term future of this program? We are here to investigate this accident. While we are investigating, there is nothing that stops this operator from continuing flying and doing what this operator wants to do. If we find anything in the course of this investigation that warrants immediate attention, we would, rather than waiting for the completion of our report, we would put out immediate recommendations as we have frequently done. So so in terms of the short-term future, that would be completely up to the operator, would not be affected by what we do. We intend to find out what caused this accident and make recommendations to prevent it from happening again. Do you have any ideas? Yes, please how long investigation this might last case. The the question is do we have any idea how long this investigation might last? The on-scene part, I would estimate probably 4 to 7 days, and then we go off-scene and and continue the factual collection off-scene in in various places where we need to go to collect that evidence, and then the factual portion of the of the of the investigation stops and the analysis begins. We do the analysis by ourselves. The total time total time elapsed in that process will be probably about 12 months or so but again as I say this does not stop the operator from operating and if we find something that's that needs immediate attention then we will put out immediate recommendations rather than awaiting the completion of the report to do that yes please question about the onboard cameras have they all been recovered I'm sorry I don't know the answer to that I'm I know that we have identified the presence of six, whether they have been recovered or not, I'm afraid I do not know at this time. Yes, please. So I know one pilot was able to eject and the other wasn't. Do you know why he was not able to? The question is, one pilot was able to eject and the other wasn't. We are not sure that one was able to eject. We know that one was out of the airplane. We don't know how that pilot got out of the airplane. Uh, we know that there was a paragrap- uh, a parachute that was found that where that pilot was. We know that the o- other parachute was found undeployed. Why one was found out of the airplane and the other one was not, we do not yet know. Can you tell yes, please. Sorry, can you tell us, I think, how that system works about the parachute, how that's supposed to deploy. I'm the question is how does the parachute system deploy? And I'm afraid I don't have I don't know the answer to that at this point. Yes, us, please.
0: Can you tell us how many fuel tanks you found and what the nature is?
1: You mentioned methane oxidizer okay, the question is how many fuel tanks did we find there are two fuel tanks one is uh, a fuel the the acronym for which i don't remember the other one is nitrous oxide and the I, I mean the other one is methane and then the oxidizer is nitrous oxide so there were three three, three. tanks yes we'll two okay one more question i'm going to say two, but one more question that yes, sir. Pardon, what was the role the FBI played the FBI has been very helpful to us in documenting the scene so that we can and know where all the parts were so that we will be free to remove the parts and, not, and, not, and, and, re- and return the community to normal. Thank you again for this press conference. Please look at our Twitter feed, at NTSB, or our website to see what time our press conference will be tomorrow. Thank you very much.
0: For more information on this accident, please visit space.airsafe.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.